Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ. I also want to thank all my listeners from around the world. Never, ever give up hope is now heard in over 120 countries. People from all over the world want the message and want to listen to the message of what this show offers. And that is no matter where you've been, no matter what problems you have encountered, no matter where what your ethnic background is, no matter what your financial background is, no matter if you have been abused or hurt, anything that you have gone through, there are people who have experienced the same thing and they have come out the other end. They have come out as survivors and thrivers and victors in whatever area that they were in a state of hopelessness. And so that's what Never Ever Give Up Hope is about. It's people who have been in a hopeless situation that now have change their lives dramatically. And these people offer their stories, of course, which is we'll be listening to today with my guest. But also they give us tips, they give us advice, and help us to realize that we don't have to stay in that state, that we too can be successful and overcome those negative circumstances. With me today is Gina Horky. Gina is a professional writer She's an online business marketing consultant, and she has a decade of experience in the financial services industry. Gina helps freelancers, and I'm pretty sure this is her her passion, which is probably going to come across very clearly today. She wants to help us freelancers gear up to be able to quit our day job and to take our side hustles full time. Now that sounds pretty exciting and that's quite a statement and I'm excited to hear what she has to share about that. Welcome Gina. Thanks for having me. So Gina, you were, according to your own words, stuck in corporate handcuffs. What does that mean? So on paper, everything was great. Uh, I'm a mom to two small children. At the time, I was looking into uh, freelance or just before it. So I had a two-year-old and a less than one-year-old at home. Oh, my my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Uh, My husband had quit his job the previous year to become a stay-at-home dad. And so I was the breadwinner, which meant a lot of pressure on my shoulders. But um, like I said, on paper, everything was great. I had a good job. I only worked four days a week because I had negotiated that. I worked less than 15 minutes from home, which here in Minnesota with snow and all that great stuff is <laughs> kind of helpful, you know, and traffic and, and whatnot. Um, I got paid pretty well. There was opportunity for me in my future. 
but I didn't really love it. And I was staring at another 30 years in the face of building something that I wasn't super passionate about, even if I was semi-talented. So that's what it felt to me. It's like, how can I make a change? My whole family's dependent on me to provide for them. And I have a good opportunity. I, I work at this place that treats me like family. And how, how do I turn away from that? So what was your motivation, basically? Was it just because you wanted to be self-sufficient rather than working for somebody else? Or what motivated you to want to make that change? Yeah, I don't know that I realized that I wanted to have my own business as much as I do now at that time. Um, But I did know that what I was doing just wasn't fulfilling. I loved working with clients. I had some really great clients. I like the analytical side of planning for financial goals, but I didn't like all of the compliance hoops that came with it. So it's a very highly regulated industry and almost like the meeting with clients, the enjoyable part of things takes up the least amount of time, unfortunately. So I didn't want to, you know, be pushing around papers and not spending the time doing the things that really got me revved up. And so I really wanted to figure out what that was and how could I potentially build a sustainable business around it. And even though I had kind of my own small business there and I was supporting them, it wasn't as flexible as I craved either. So I I do really enjoy that aspect of doing this full time now. You must have had some fears in going, you know, stepping out, quitting your job. And I know other people, whenever they make a change, do experience fears as well. What did you have to overcome in that area? Well, I can't say that I've completely overcome it because I think your fears (laughs) just morph, right, into different things as you accomplish certain challenges. And so there's still fear. There's still fear that you know, I I won't be able to pay the bills because I don't have a good month or I'm investing too much back into my business, which so far, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the pre-interview, but God has always provided. So I need to continue to trust in him and and look back at, at his track record rather than my own here. But I would say that just, you know, fear that I was making the wrong decision, that I was throwing away such a good opportunity, that I wouldn't make it, that I would fail. And I think actually that fear of failure is what kept me in the financial services industry for as long as it did, both the opportunity and not admitting, not wanting to admit that it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. To me, that meant failure. And that meant that somehow my character or reputation would be flawed or people wouldn't love me as much, which is super weird, I know, but it was true. So I think it's fear and it's all self-imposed, Yes, yes. (laughs) which is the worst. Exactly. Um, But I didn't let it keep me down and I don't let it keep me down now. I realize that, like I said, your fears are going to morph and change. Fear is oftentimes the culprit of many of the excuses that we give ourselves. Lack of time, you know, not feeling like our skills are good enough or up to par. Uh, There's a million excuses that are out there. And when you look at the root of them, it's often fear. Yes. How do you personally motivate yourself? Well, I think having a strong why was really important in the beginning. It's still important, but my why might have shifted slightly. So in the beginning, my why was, of course, my family, wanting to be able to provide for them, but then also to do something that I was passionate about. And honestly, to have something that was flexible and had unlimited income potential. 
And although money isn't the primary focus of my business, um, you know, obviously it's something that you can measure and kind of determine success from. So now I, I keep motivated by just kind of seeing what I'm capable of. So I continue to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be speaking at my first conference next week, which is crazy because me and public speaking don't really mesh, <laughs> or at least they I have, have a in hard the past. time believing that. And that's what everybody tells me. <laughs> scares the crap out of me, but I'm going to make myself do it anyways because I think it would be good for business and it's just good to continue to you know challenge yourself as well. Um, I'm actually going to be starting my own podcast here in the next month myself. So there's a couple of things that I have on my agenda and I, I think that I motivate myself to just keep overcoming new challenges and then see where I can take things. And again, not so much from an income perspective, but just like you know, what you're trying to do is influence people and help them to inspire them and encourage them. And, and that's a lot of what my goals are aligned around as well. And how long have you been doing this when you since you left your job? Sure. So I started a side hustle, which is just a side business, because obviously I needed to figure out if it was viable first. And it was tax day. So it was April 15th, 2014, when I started looking into it and just randomly through a web search came across freelance writing for the web never entertained the idea before that. I had, you know, always loved to write. I have a couple of first drafts of novels lying around somewhere on the fiction side of things, but I never really put two and two together as far as being able to write nonfiction content and get paid, especially online. That was a whole new area for you. Yeah. you, You stepped into it, had to be fearful, but you did it anyway. And where has it taken you? Well, if I wouldn't have taken that initial step, I have no idea where I would be if I'd still be in that job, if I'd be happy or, you know, have figured out a way. And that's the other thing, too, when you peel back the layers of my story. So it wasn't that one day I just decided, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. It had been something that I'd been thinking about and then I would push back. And and one of the ways that I tried to push it back was re inventing kind of my career or figuring out how to move it to the next level. So I'd actually enrolled in something called the CFP, which is a certified financial planners program to develop more skill sets. It's a nice accreditation. Um, And, you know, I, I made sure to like exhaust that possibility first before allowing myself the freedom to explore other avenues. And so when I went into the freelance writing thing, like I said, I wanted to make sure that it was viable and I knew that it needed to replace my salary or I wouldn't be able to leave work behind. And I didn't really want to have two jobs forever. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the goal. It was it was to switch careers. So your side hustles. So it started as a side hustle, yep. And then within six months, I was able to earn $4,000 a month on the side from writing and virtual assistant work. And that's when I knew I could put in my notice. That's exciting. Now, let's just do a side issue here because this may be a question that some people have. And that is, you said your husband quit his job and became a stay-at-home dad. Correct. Was there a stigma attached to being a stay-at-home dad that you possibly had to help him overcome? Or was that not an issue? You know, it's not a huge issue, although it's funny because our kids are now in preschool and just very part-time. But he's been getting asked more frequently, like, when he'll be returning to work, what he'll be doing. And it's like, we still have, like, two or three years before Shelby's in full-time kindergarten. Our plans for him is that he will either get more involved with my business or uh, we just finished our pole barn, uh, meaning we 
poured a concrete floor and stuff this past weekend so he can start pursuing his own hobbies and interests and maybe monetize them into his own business as well. Um, but we never really planned on being a one-income family. Honestly, even being in the world of finance, I didn't really understand how it was possible because we're just so used right, to dual-income right, households right. and kids being in daycare. And mm-hmm. we just, you know, we had had some trouble finding the right care provider. We had one that we really liked that moved on, and it forced us to to look into some other alternatives. And as we were interviewing people, we just never found that right fit. And so we sat down one day, and we were looking at our budget, and we're like, maybe we can make this work. And I, I knew I didn't really want to stay at home, which sounds like, I feel like there's more of a stigma to that, honestly. Like, what's wrong with that mother? Why wouldn't she want to be home with her babies? Um, but I knew also that there was more potential in the career that I was mm-hmm. in. You know, I really enjoy working and um, setting and hitting goals, all that good stuff. So we sat down, we figured out our budget, we cut a ton of stuff, and he put in his notice. And... Um, you know, since then, haven't really looked back. He loves it. It's challenging. Kids whine a lot some days. <laughs> well, you were no. being, you were being practical. Yeah. I, I applaud you for that. Stigmas, whatever, you know, either side. I mean, you were being practical and that's part of being successful. Well, and he had always expressed an interest in doing it too. So I got to give him a lot of credit. Oh, perfect. Because- you know, it, it still maybe is a stigma between men, and it never is something that mm. was an issue uh, with him at all. So it's it's fun to watch him because he really engages, and, you know, they play a lot of sports and gets them doing different activities. So right. It's awesome. And he's been a huge supporter in my business, too. Yes. So I wouldn't that- be able to do all of this without him like manning that part of the household and he's always been the cook in our family and he does laundry and cleans. And <laughs> sometimes I have to, you know, ask or yeah. whatever. But <laughs> So let's get into the freelance writing part of this. Can you share maybe some of the steps that someone needs to take in order to be the freelance writer that they want to be and actually get paid for it? Like this is something that you talk about on your website, correct? Yes. So okay. when I started blogging it was about freelance writing because it was what I was learning and going through at the time and I wanted to help share that knowledge later on I turned it into a course and I actually just um, revamped and re-released the 30 days or less to freelance writing success actually this week on Monday so it's a brand new edition and as a part of gearing up for kind of that launch Um, I put together a webinar which is actually seven steps to start your freelance business or a new freelance business from scratch. And so that's what I'll talk about now. Um, The first one being defining your niche. So what is it that you want to write about and get paid to write about? Uh, The second is coming up with some samples and then displaying those samples in the third step on a portfolio. The fourth step would be sourcing jobs to apply for and then starting the pitching process in step number five. Uh, Step number six would be landing your first client. And step number seven is figuring out how to get paid, actually receiving that money that you uh, have or do from the client experience. So within each of those steps, obviously, there's a, a ton that we could go into. There's often numerous ways to go about each thing. How detailed do you want to get, Carol? Give us a little more. Okay. Whatever whatever you feel, because I know there's people that are probably really wondering how to give this a kickstart. And I, I realize you gave us the outline. But mm-hmm. for example, you're a Huffington Post contributor. And I know many writers have tried to be and they have been let down so many times. Is that something maybe you could address? 
Sure. I know they've recently changed their platform, so I can't really speak to the new platform, but okay. the, the old platform, I had applied to be a contributor. I had to submit a test story, and then once uh, that was approved, they published it, and they gave me the ability then to publish at will, uh, and it was unpaid. It was a potential for getting traffic back to my website. Mm-hmm. But to me, the biggest part of it was having a credible sample for my portfolio. To say that I was a regular Huffington Post contributor carried some weight um, to potential clients just because it's instantly recognizable. It has some built-in credibility. And I think when you're a regular contributor somewhere versus just what I call one-hit wonder where you had one piece published with a magazine or online um, publication, like that also carries some weight as well. Looking at it as a sample for a portfolio, it's great. Um, will you get a ton of traffic back to your website and, and all sorts of other offers? Probably not, uh, but use it for, for what it is. So what would be one of those steps to get you to get clients to get uh, recognized? Sure. So if we start at the beginning, you know, figuring out what to write about is pretty important. Um, a lot of writers would rather market themselves as like, I can write about anything, kind of a jack of all trades Mm -hmm. type of an approach. But that's not really helpful when talking to potential clients or people that might know potential clients for you. And the reason is, is that you're not setting yourself apart from anybody else. Uh, You're not giving them anything specific to go on. So, you know, I leveraged my background huge in the beginning as far as being a personal finance writer which tends to actually be a niche that's more lucrative. They have Mm -hmm. more marketing budget. And I had uh, the licensing and and accreditations to be able to put myself out as an expert in that area. So look at your own career experience, your hobbies, your passions, and just write down a couple of different areas. You know, one of the conversations I've actually been having with people lately, too, is it's, it's easy to get started with a niche and then niche hop, if you will. So... Uh, Rather than being that jack-of-all-trades writer, like figure out a couple of different niches that you can get um, some samples in and build what we call authority. And then it's easier to kind of break into new niches once you have kind of your your writing feet wet. But jumping into a brand new niche that you have no background or experience in in the beginning can be a lot harder um, than if you have like writing experience in other niches. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes. And what about some sample niches? Like, obviously, yours is a big one. Yeah, so personal finance, um, you know, some of the lifestyle topics in my experience don't pay as well, but more people are qualified to write about them. That could be parenting. It could be fashion. It could be, like, health and fitness. Um, Some of the more specialized niche would be in, like, healthcare. Anything that, you know, requires maybe more of an advanced degree or some kind of accreditation. So legal writing. Um, you know, different technical writing type of stuff. And you don't have to have a degree. Don't hear that from me. Mm -hmm. But you need to have some experience. You need to have, you know, a lot of interest and and the ability to research. Like, don't discount that part of it. But sometimes in order for somebody to give you a shot, they want to see some kind of uh, experience in your background, whether it's writing or just in the industry. Have you stayed basically within your niche? No, um, I still do some personal finance stuff. It's not my favorite thing to write about. I mean, I love behavioral finance, and I'm a psychology major, and so that's probably okay. where my, my heart is, you know, anything to do to, to with that. But 
um, when it comes to like writing about investing or taxes or even small business business issues, it's not as enjoyable. So I do tend to write more about freelancing or entrepreneurship. Um, I do some like case study profiles for a couple of my clients where we'll do like student success stories. Um, and then I've gotten into doing a lot more copywriting. So I love sales pages. I love writing my own emails, um, sales emails or newsletters and that sort of thing. What about coaching? Do you do any coaching? I do some. Um, not a ton anymore. I will take on the very right client. Um, I want to only work with people that are like really big go-getters, I guess. It's really hard when somebody has a desire, but they don't have that follow through. Right. I don't feel like I'm helping them, right? Well, they so, need the same passion. Right. Yeah. I can't be more passionate about your business. Exactly. Than you are. exactly. So I do have a handful of one-on-one clients. And then with uh, the freelance writing um, course that I have, I offer a higher package that has a month of coaching to kind of get that extra help in the beginning, get those questions answered and some feedback on direction and stuff. Have you seen success at, uh, for your clients? Yeah, I love, you know, it's it's interesting because I started out just coaching on freelance writing, but I'm definitely more in the online business sphere overall now. So one of the clients that I'm working with right now is, you know, dealing with her own course and product launch. And even though she's also a freelance writer, we concentrate less on that part of her business because it's more established and we're working more on like the passive income part. What are some of the hurdles that someone may encounter in stepping out and doing, trying to do this? Well, that whole fear thing that we were talking about, (laughs) and often it's fear of rejection, which you kind of have to accept because you're going to send a lot of what we'll call pitches or, you know, it could be like a job application that you're applying to. It could be what is considered a cold outreach or cold pitch where you're um, trying to get in touch with somebody that hasn't necessarily placed an ad for a need. Um, And more often than not, you'll actually hear nothing rather than a no. And you kind of have to get comfortable with that and realize that in part, especially at the beginning, it's more of a numbers game than anything. But if you focus on kind of that long-term goal of building a, a sustainable business, then it's easier to do some of those smaller activities. Where do you see yourself in five years? Such a loaded question. No kidding. <laughs> I have a hard time with strategic planning sometimes. Um, partly because it's wide open and unknown. And, you know, I started as a freelance writer, but here I am doing more of that, like marketing consulting, um, or having a products business and doing some coaching and things like that. So for a lot of people that start freelance writing or another kind of online business, that's how it's worked out for them as well. Like they'll start with one thing, and then they'll branch out to a few more, give it a try, and then kind of double down with what works. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to, you know, build this big enterprise where I have a bunch of employees underneath me. I've worked with virtual assistants over the last couple of years and I like that approach. Sometimes it's recurring where like one of them is Mickey and I've had her around for the last year and other times it's more on an as needed approach. So I've had a couple that I've worked with more on project management when I was like like, relaunching these courses and stuff. Um, So as far as where I'm going to be in five years, I have no idea. If we do well business-wise, you know, we'd love to, like, pay off our mortgage or something like that. That's our last debt, and it'd be nice to be completely free. Basically, you're, whether it's five years or ten years or tomorrow, your passion is there, and it's, yeah. stay, it's going to stay. And so. you don't know where exactly that's going to take you, but you obviously are enjoying what you're doing, which is 
absolutely necessary in anything that we set our minds to do. Yes. And then hence comes your passion. So what other advice can you give to people who definitely have the passion, they have the desire, they are trying, you know, to take the first few steps, like you mentioned, there were seven steps, Mm -hmm. take your course. Is there anything other than that that you can tell them that you would recommend? I have kind of three different pieces of advice. The first is to just get started. Um, You can't read everything on the internet (laughs) and expect it to like sink in through osmosis. Success is built taking one small step after another, and it really needs to be focused on action. So there's, you know, a lot of experts out there, even just in freelance writing. And a lot of people will think, well, I want to go and learn everything first. You're going to learn the most from following the advice of one person or maybe two and then taking action on that advice, seeing if it works for you. If it does, great. Double down. If it doesn't, then try out, you know, some other ways to go about it so that you can get different results. Um, The next one would be my mantra. The first mantra kind of I assigned myself was, why not you? Well, to me, it was, why not me? Why not now? And so I would flip that over to you and say, why not you? Why not now? Which is just to kind of realize the unlimited potential that exists and why can't it be you and why can't it be now? And then the third piece would be instead of focusing on the worst possible outcome, the worst thing that's going to happen, what's the best possible outcome that could come from trying? And have that be your motivation or what pushes you forward. So give us those three again. Sure. You got to get started. So just do it by Nike. And then why not (laughs) you? Why not now is the second one. And the third is instead of concentrating on the worst possible outcome, what's the best possible outcome that could come from trying? Those are good for anything that we set out to do. Totally. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we'll definitely put that in your show notes. Those are excellent. What about your book? Can you tell us about your book? Sure. Uh, So I co-authored my first book. It's nonfiction with Sally Miller. And it wasn't actually something I had set out to do. Sally is one of my former students of the writing course. And one day she asked for a Skype appointment and she said, I have this crazy idea. She had written a couple of other nonfiction books and she asked me to co-author it with her. And I thought, yeah, this sounds like the right time. She's been awesome because she's done this whole Kindle publishing thing before. And so there's certain things that she's good at. There are other things that I was good at. We came up with an outline together and then we, you know, split out the writing work. Um, And she like, have you ever had one of those partners in like middle school or whatever? You're working on a science project and you end up doing all the work. It sucks. (laughs) This is not like that at all. We had this great relationship and uh, we have an Amazon bestseller on our hands, which is very exciting. How long has it been out? It's been out since a week ago, Monday. Oh, my goodness. That's great. (laughs) We're very excited about it. No kidding. It's called Make Money as a Freelance Writer. Okay. It's $4.99 right now, um, but what's contained in it is super actionable, just like the courses. Like, I'm not a big fan of fluff. Um, Good. I am a big fan sometimes of that tough love. Like, I want to inspire you, and I'll give the truth and love, but then I want you to take some action. And so... (laughs) 
my course and this book are very much like that. Like, I'm going to explain the concept, what do you need to know, and more on that MVP or minimal viable product side of things. So what's the minimum that you kind of need to get started? And then I'll give you some action items or some homework to actually complete it. Um, so I, I hope you check it out. That's a super low risk way of, of getting to know me a little bit more. And uh, you can leave a review on Amazon if you do read it. So glad that you shared your passion here today because it just makes me and I'm sure the listening audience want to do it that much more. <laughs> and one last piece of advice, if, I, if you don't mind me offering it up, and, and this is specific to writing, uh, would be that virtually every business these days needs a website. And almost every website um, is going to be in need of a decent writer. So if the person that created that website or that's their business doesn't like to write, doesn't have time to write, whatever the case may be. I mean, really, content is huge right now. So there's a lot of opportunity that exists. It's just about figuring out kind of how to start those conversations with people and then what needs they have and pitching yourself as a solution. Well, you've given a lot of free advice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good advice. That's what makes it even better. And I really appreciate everything that you shared. I hope that when people listen to this broadcast that they'll go back and listen to it again because you've offered a lot to chew on. And also go to your website and buy your book. Do what you want to do. I mean, there are so many people who have this aspiration that they totally. want to be a freelance writer. And you you are saying that A, you can do it and B, you can get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. Yes, I agree 100%. Anything you want to say in closing, Gina? Just thanks for having me. I do have a passion for this. I've enjoyed, you know, sharing my story. And I hope that whoever is listening, if this is an area that they'd like to pursue, will not stop at listening. So again, take action with what you've learned. I Hopefully you've taken some notes, prioritize it, and then take your first step right now when you get done. Thank you. You are a motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Gina. Bye, Carol. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.